welcome to Life Lessons in 35mm, a podcast that delves into the life lessons from the silver screen. School might have taught us about history, sciences and maths, but John McLean taught us about how to be cool. Neo taught us the value of free will and the responsibility in making our own choices. Back to the Future taught us our future hasn't been written yet. Our future is whatever we make it. And Pretty Woman taught us that you should never judge a book by its cover. We'll talk about all sorts. Love, family, heroes. Storytelling, friendship, dogs. <laughs> Wait, dogs? Yeah, yeah. There's an episode about dogs. I figured that people sometimes might want something a little more light-hearted. And besides, who doesn't love dogs, right? No, that's fair. So, wherever you are, whatever you're doing, thanks for joining us. So welcome, welcome, welcome all to episode three of the um, Life Lessons in 35mm. I, I nearly forgot the, the name of the, the podcast there, Nick. It's not a good start, is it? <laughs> it's not a great start. Um, I've got my wine. It's um, it's um, 8.29pm in New Zealand. What was the time over in the UK? Well, that, yeah, so at the moment we're on um, 9.29. So obviously you're well, 11 hours ahead. So I'm not on the wine. I'm just on a glass of water because it's too early in the day for that. Boring. Boring. You maybe maybe the episode would be better if I was on the wine. But hey, you'll have, you'll just have to be the entertainment for this one. How about how about that? I feel like it's one of those episodes that you need a little bit of a wine. Um, it's it's not something that's too serious. We've um chosen. Um, do you want to set us set us up and tell us what the episode is about? Yeah, sure. So this was this was another one of my choices this week, and I've chosen to talk about How to Train Your Dragon, which is my favourite animated film, and the lesson was that simply it just reminds us that dogs are the best. So I, I feel like it's a bit of a, a bit of a fun one, and um, we are going to have a bit of a fun um, fun time talking about this um, f- film. We're not going to get too serious this episode, um, but. You know, if you're wanting something more serious and you haven't checked out our other two episodes that we've done, little plug again. Um, our first episode was on her, and our second episode, and uh, we just done was on American Beauty, and they we go deep, we get very serious in there, and um, we really learned some some deep life lessons. This one's a bit more superficial, isn't it? It is, but I, I, lo- I love the fact that you're you're uh, you're promoting our other episodes. So you, you're doing you're doing a great PR job there, Hewison. I'm trying. I'm trying. Congrats to you, son. Congrats. The lesson that we're we're learning today is about how dogs are awesome, which is going to be really interesting because uh, Nicholas. Just a little bit of uh, background for everyone who doesn't know: Nicholas has a dog. He's awesome. His name's Artie. He's um, a, a collie cross. No, he's he's a he's a border collie. He's pure. He's no he's not a crossbreed. He's oh, a, really? He's a, yeah, he's a blue yeah. male border collie, and he's a legend. <laughs> he's a legend. He yeah. is a legend. Um, so it's it's going to be interesting because I don't own a, a dog. Um, I don't own anything living currently. No, tell a lie. I've got a few plants. Hey, bought, bought a few see? plants. Yeah, that that's what COVID lockdowns will do to you. Or you know, not just COVID, but getting older. Uh, we've you know we so last year. Me and Beck bought a house, our first house we've owned together, which is which is lovely. We've got a little herb garden going on. We've got we've, we we did some plant, we did some gardening at the weekend. We've got loads of living things out there, loads. <laughs> it's crazy how we're just becoming 
domesticated humans. And obviously, I'm I'm a couple of years older than you, so you I'm I'm a little bit further ahead than you are in that in that. So you know, you'll you'll get there two years time. You'll have a herb garden. You'll have loads of plants in in the in, you know. So it, it's it's all it's all to look forward to. Will I have a dog and a wife? Will I have a dog and a wife, Nicholas? Of course you will, Andrew. Of course you will. I've got. And I've he got tells no doubt. me these lies live on air. <laughs> live on air. <laughs> I have faith. I have faith. So I guess we should crack into it and um, start talking about the film. I wonder if we should play um, for the viewers at home um, the opening little sequence because it's it's a really nice opening sequence and it kind of sets up a lay of the land, if you will. Yeah, that's a good idea. All right, let's 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 go. Let's hit play on that so we can all hear what we can all hear the intro. This is Burke. It's 12 days north of Hopeless and a few degrees south of freezing to death. It's located solidly on the meridian of misery. My village. In a word, sturdy. And it's been here for seven generations, but every single building is new. We have fishing, hunting, and a charming view of the sunsets. The only problems are the pests. You see, most places have mice or mosquitoes. We have... Dragons. Okay, so that introduce, introduces us to Burke, which is where we are for the duration of the film, which is which is a lovely place. So yeah, um, so a little bit of background on why I wanted to choose this. So obviously, um, I mentioned earlier, this is my favourite animated film. I actually only saw it for the first time a few years ago. So this came out in 2010. So it's what, just it's 11 years old now. Um, and I, I was supposed I was a bit late to the party because I, I probably watched it for the first time maybe four years ago. Um, it's part of a trilogy. It's the first one. And I think it is my favourite of the three. Um, and it's a really great story. So we follow um, a village of Vikings on Burke. Our main character is Hiccup, who is the son of the chief of the village. Um, and obviously, as he introduced in the, in the, in the opening monologue, is they have dragons. Um, but at the start of the film, the dragons are kind of, well, pests or predators, whatever you want to call it, that they are constantly in a battle with. So that's where the film starts. And it's about the story of how that changes um, over the course of the film with and stuff that we'll talk about. And I think, you know, the reason that this really speaks to me and the reason why I was doing the lesson is for me, the relationship between Hiccup and Toothless, which is the, the main dragon that he, he forms a bond with, that for me feels very much like the bond between an, a, a dog and his owner. So that's why that, and that, I, I, that I really connected to that because obviously having been through the process of having a dog from a puppy and forming a bond with him over the last six years we've had him now, which is, which is flown by. So that, re, that, that relationship between Hiccup and Toothless really, really spoke to me in that way. Yeah, and that's really interesting because I've also watched the film and I think it's great. I think it's... Um... It's a that the script's really well passed out. Um, I like guess it's, it's a, a real great um, like three three act structure, um, beginning, middle, and end. Got some really good characters in there. Um, that said, like I I feel okay about it. It's not my favorite animated film in the world, but I think this kind of speaks to um, what you just said about the whole dog thing. You know, I I haven't had a dog, and maybe. Um, other people who have had animals of any description might connect a little bit more with this this film than I did. 
Yeah, maybe because I think because um, that's the, I think you're right. There are some great characters in there, and there, there's a real there's a real story about a, a father and his son as well, which is a really which is a really great. Um, sort of like journey through the film for both of them and I think that's a really nice part of the film as well and one of the reasons I like it so much and I think this is what is often so great about animated films in general and and the reason that Pixar absolutely nail it pretty much every time is that they're stories that are for kids for adults for everyone in between um, they're, they're often that you know they're very family friendly they've always got a good message in there a lot of the time it's about friendship rather than romantic love and things like that and I think that's a really good message to, to deliver um, it's about they're often about things like kindness um, and yeah and I just think this one it ticks all the boxes it has a great um, it has good characters they have great relationships among the characters with um, obviously there's the there's the relationship that develops between Hiccup and Astrid Hiccup and his father and also Hiccup and his dragon Toothless so there's all these different things going on I think it's funny I think it's sweet um, and I just think it, it it really works for like I think it would be a great story for young kids and I also think uh, me being a how old am I? 37, nearly 38 year old man. And I still absolutely adore this film. I think it's wonderful. So for me, it, it's just got everything that I would look for for an animated film. And I totally understand not everyone's going to love it. Um, and for various different reasons. And, you know, there's a whole raft of amazing animated films out there for, for you know, from the likes of Pixar, DreamWorks, that people all love. And obviously the old original Disney films, like, you know, The Lion King is still an absolute classic that you can't look past. So there's, I you know, I, I wouldn't expect everyone to read it the same way I do and feel about it the same way I do. But for me, this was just a really nice choice, uh, something a bit more lighthearted to do after we've, we went deep with, uh, with her and American Beauty. <laughs> <laughs> so I think um, central to the whole film, though, is this relationship between um, Toothless and Hiccup, right? And yeah. um, does this like, when you look at those two characters, does it really kind of make you think about you and Naati? Um, yes and no. I mean, kind of, I, I, I don't necessarily, um, relate to Hiccup in, because, you know, he's, he's obviously a young kid. He's, he's obviously like Viking, you know, <laughs> Viking stuff <laughs> not aside. Not young kids, not Viking. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, not, not young kid, not Viking, but like all that stuff aside, like, you know, there's a big part of the fact that him feeling like a bit of an outcast in his village and he has a sort of strained relationship with his father. Um, that's still, that stuff is not necessarily things I can relate to. Um, but definitely the kind of the relationship that he builds with Toothless and how it kind of gives him confidence and that kind of stuff is, I think that's really nice. So yeah, I, I wouldn't necessarily say that I directly relate to, um, to hiccup as a character but i completely i completely get his journey through the film and what he kind of how he this sort of journey of discovery goes on about the fact that he's um learning about like this dragon that he's formed a bond with as he goes and and, and how it teaches him about kind of other things so yeah i think i feel like an affinity to the bond that they create and the relationship they have rather than necessarily the individual characters if that makes sense yeah that bond's really important there's um there's a little um quote from josh billings if you know who who he is, I don't. I just googled this. Um, <laughs> he said, "A dog is only the only thing on earth that loves you more than he loves himself." Yeah, spot on. That's an important. That's an important point, which we'll come back to a bit later on because I, I I'm going to talk about um, the similarities between the dragons and dogs because that's that that's one of the that's one of the key things for me. So that's that's something I want to talk about a bit later on. Well, we are talking about dogs, so shall we just smash into that? <laughs> well, first of all, Nicholas Long, 
Why is it a dog and not another animal? Okay, so this is one of the um, one of the interesting points about it. So I have um, there's there's seen lots of things when reading about the film and and seeing like the reviews and comments and stuff that some people um, some people have like aligned their dragons with cats, and I can kind of see that because I think physically let's take toothless for example the main the main dragon because there's there's obviously loads of them in it it's about there's like a whole kind of family of dragons but the main dragon that hiccup forms the one with is toothless and he looks i suppose he looks probably more like a cat than he does like a dog but it's the it's that relationship between him and hiccup and some of the behaviors so this was that this is like the fur that when you watch the film at being a dog owner i see um so many parallels in between uh between between toothless and the way he behaves and what he does and arty who is is my dog so there's a there's a few little behaviors throughout the film and and you when you when you notice them you really pick up on them so there's just little things like when hiccup first brings him a fish to kind of try and make peace with him he eats some and he sort of like offers a bit back to him that's exactly what like a dog would do he won't regurgitate food but let's say for example with arty if i give him a, if i give him a treat right if i give him a little treat because he's big you know we've come in from a walk or something the first thing he does he like kind of drops it on the floor and like barks as if to like say, look what I've got. And he kind of shows it off. So that's like this little like demonstration of like his excitement and oh, look what I've got. Isn't it cool sort of thing. So there's stuff I'll like that. I'll tell you what, I'll tell you what a cat's not doing is offering, offering you anything back. No, cats are selfish. They're selfish. <laughs> now I'll, I, will, first, guys. I will preface this by saying when I was, um, my, we had a couple of cats when I was a bit younger. So I love cats. I love all animals really. Um, I remember I used to go around to your house, Nick. So I'd I'd come around to to I'd go around to Nick's house when we were at university, and we used to have this um this thing where we'd go back for lunchtime and we'd have a, like a pizza, we'd have um some some fries, and uh, we would watch Scrubs, the um the sitcom back in the day. And love a bit um, of Scrubs. I, love a bit of Scrubs. I remember I could because we, we used to binge it as well. I remember I could I could um, last for about three episodes. Four four was just one too many. My airway would start to um, close up because I'm a little bit have a little bit of an allergic reaction to to, uh, to cats. And um, <laughs> yeah, three scrubs were were pretty much my maximum. If I went to four, who knows what would happen? Well, do you know what? Little interesting fact, right? I'm also allergic to cats, or at least I was. And then we just happened to get two, so I just had to suck it up and get on with it. <laughs> you either you either survived or you got over it yeah so the oh, first sorry. one you, you well, either die sorry <laughs> yeah see that you know yeah you you either survive you either survive or you surrender <laughs> that's it yeah, yeah um so the first one um uh smirnoff the the white and ginger cat he was brought to our home because um my stepdad frank uh it was his cat and he he moved in with us um, so that's when Smirnoff arrived at the house, and then the other one, Millie, the little, the little fluffy black cat. Um, at the time, my sister had a boyfriend, and his mum asked him to go and pick her up a cat, and he got two, and she so took him home, and she said, "I don't want to." So my sister Sam went, "Oh, we'll have the other one." Brought it home, and she's she was an adorable little thing. You know, she could literally sit in the palm of my hand when she was a kitten. But then, so there's me as a teenager, allergic to cats, with two cats living in the house. I suffered for quite a long time. <laughs> I just, because I'd imagine your mum would know about your allergies. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. She was well aware. She just liked the cats. <laughs> and, she, and she liked, 
She prefer a son without weak lungs. Exactly. Made me made me tougher. So you know. Anyway, <laughs> we digress. So yeah. So I I have nothing against cats. I love cats. I think they're great animals. Um, but they are they are totally different to dogs. And these are the, some of the behaviours to get back to the film, the 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 toothless displays that for me are absolutely behaviours that a dog does now some of them are kind of appropriate to both so because the next one for example there's a little scene where they're like running around together and it's like rolling around in the grass and that's what uh you know i'm not sure if you've um seen him do that but exactly that's what Artie does he'll like roll around the grass either to scratch his back or to like cool off and i think i've seen cats do that as well but it's like the 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 little section of the film it just made me chuckle because quite often we'll be walking along or something with Artie, and he'll just drop and like roll exactly like what happens in the film um it's quite funny um there's also like you said earlier um to a bit like you know sharing the kind of the treat with the human there's a really important bit in um and this is where you start to um some of the other characters in, in the film start to see what hiccup has with the dragons is the bit when he go, has to go into his final of dragon training and he's been he gets told to kill the dragon everything's going okay because he's trying to prove to everyone that you can you can kind of form a relate a bond with them and they're not they're not as dangerous as they might think but then just as he starts just as the dragon starts to calm down stuff starts to kick off and it starts to go mad and tries to just start chasing around again hearing this from um back in the forest toothless kind of comes charging into the thing and he stands in front of hiccup and protects him like a guard dog so again if you for i'm sure anyone who has a dog will know this if at any point you are threatened or the dog feels that you're threatened it will literally stand in front of you and defend you no cats doing that <laughs> any side of a threat cats out the window mate it's gone it's absolutely left you left you to your own devices but dogs they are the ultimate protectors because like you said a dog is the only creature on on the planet that will love you more than that it loves itself yeah which is and that's crazy a really key think, thing you think like cats have nine lives as well they could yeah. give one selfish Selfish. 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 Um, I'm, I'm just going to um, read a, a wee, wee quote here. Um, Toothless is a cross between a black panther, a bat, and a small bird of prey. Head of character animation Simon Otto said in a 2014 interview with Empire. He also has some snake influences in his design. And his behavior is a mixture of cat, dog, horse, and a whole lot of other odd animals, such as wombats and kangaroos. Well, there you go. So, well, I can... I I can uh, com- go on. Uh, just, just, just uh, um, I, I obviously put you under the, the spotlight there a little bit. I think, I think in a way, you, you'd see in Toothless the animal that you'd kind of bond with the most. I'd imagine that cat lovers would be saying he's very cat-like. Dog lovers would be saying he's very dog-like. Now, personally, I saw a wombat, and you know, <laughs> you know, you know how I feel about wombats. You love a wombat. Do, do you love a wombat? <laughs> never, never heard you say that before. I'm always talking about wombats. Come on, right, send I'll take memes. I'll take your word for it. No, so yeah, on on the character design. Like I said, they look more like cats, and I can totally see like the panther and the the snake and all that kind of stuff in his physical appearance. But like I said, for me, this is more about his behaviours and the bond he has with with Hiccup. Because again, right, um, maybe you could argue that humans have that some in some way have that kind of bond with horses, that kind of like working partnership 
sort of thing. But like I said, for me, because being a dog owner, I completely um, see parallel in the relationship between Hiccup and Toothless as I do between me and Artie. Like, you know, the bond, the, the bond between a man or a woman and their dog is is a very unique thing. It's a, re- it's a really special bond. And uh, so I, I, and I for those, like you said, you, you're probably right. People that have cats, people that have horses might see Toothless more as that type of animal. But for me... I see him more as a dog, and this is this is it's all subjective and all personal, right? This is just for me. I see so many parallels in in that the 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 man and his dog with t- Hiccup and Toothless. So that for me is why it reminds me that dogs are awesome because I love the bond between Hiccup and Toothless. It's this it's the whole center of the film. Like I said, there's other relationships between you know between him and his dad Stoic and him and Astrid, but the core the core part of the film is that bond and that friendship that develops between Hiccup and Toothless. And for me, that feels more aligned and more of an affinity to uh, to a man and his dog. And I, th- I think there's um, an interesting dynamic going on um, just with the dragons. So if we would, because obviously Toothless um, is one of the main characters in it, but he is part of um, the genus, if you like, of the dragons. And... Um, we we start off the movie believing that they are the um, the bad the 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 enemies, and as we go through the movie, we realise that actually dragons aren't bad. Um, they're doing it for a reason that they're doing it to protect themselves, um, and that they're stealing the livestock to give to this um, master dragon, um, if you will. Um, which you know potentially um, there could be a parallel between. Um, you were saying this to me before. I'm not going to um, paraphrase you, um, but you said something about wolves and and dogs. Yeah. So so this is another this is another reason why for me um, the dragons are very much dogs in it because um, if you think about the the. I suppose the the journey that the, the characters in the film, so the Vikings go through when it comes to the dragons. At the start of the film, they're seen as predators and pests that steal their food and they fight with. They you know they essentially want to kill each other, and I, obviously this is it's a very quick um, <laughs> uh, evolution because we're, we're talking about an hour and what thirty five minutes for the film here. But by the end of the film, we've got to the point where the dragons are living amongst the Vikings and they're they're pets and they're they're working in the village and they're kind of being you know, essentially another strand of support for the for the survival of the Vikings on, on Burke, right? And that is essentially a very similar um, evolution that, that dogs have gone through because all dogs evolved from wolves, right? The DNA can be traced back to, I think it, I was reading about this, the, uh, the dog, uh, DNA from dogs can be traced back to wolves. And it was that scientists think it's roughly between 20 and 30,000 years ago that that evolution started to happen and that split happened possibly maybe a thousand two thousand years earlier in asia where that kind of almost that evolutionary split happened and there was very much a a break between the dog and the wolf and basically over that time um, wolves have gradually evolved further and further and further into dogs and obviously now we've got you know thousands of different dog breeds maybe hundreds thousands of different dog breeds and you can look at a chihuahua for example and say i was going to say a pug how did that happen (laughs) Yeah, so you know, a, a chihuahua or a pug, you'd look at that and go, "There's no way that evolved from wolves." But actually, DNA and genomes they can be traced for all dogs and be traced back to the to the grey wolf, which is amazing. And if you think about wolves, right, um, when that evolution would have started happening, wolves are predators. They would have been, they would have been living 
um, in similar habitats to, to humans. Um, and again, would have been seen as predators and a threat um, because wolves will hunt in packs. They will they will kind of scavenge for food and stuff. And there's a, there's a few different theories as to how those wolves eventually started to um, form bonds and start to become intertwined with with humans and how they lived. And there's a couple of different theories, I think. There's one that says basically wolves identified that um, humans were quite useful because humans could help them hunt i.e. if a wolf, if, if a human, if a human or a human tribe or a human settlement is discarding um, any kind of food, the, the wolves are going to be first in line to pick it up and scavenge. There's also the reverse, the reverse idea that that humans actually identified that wolves are incredible hunters and maybe the wolves could help the humans hunt. So there's those two theories. And the other theory is that um, because of, because of that, um, because of the, the, potential that, that that wolves offer in terms of hunting in terms of protection as well from other from other predators and other other humans they started to um kind of try and bring in wolf like pups into the humans so that the so that those those younger wolves would grow up with humans around them and gradually over time so there's there's a couple of theories about how it happened but essentially over the last thirty thousand years there's been an evolution from the wolf where they have gradually become more and more domesticated. And then we get what we have today is we have dogs. And the reason we have so many different breeds is because humans over those 30,000 years have bred them for different purposes. So you have links like little Dachshunds and Jack Russells that were designed to go down to rabbit holes and hunt. You have, um, you have things like spaniels who have incredible who have incredible sense of smell they often use as what we call gun dogs so if a human like if there's like duck hunts and stuff like that the or bird hunts the spaniels will go and retrieve the birds once it's been shot you have collies which is what arty is they're working dogs they use for herding because they're so intelligent i think uh, i suppose supposedly a collie can learn up to a thousand words isn't that amazing right so that is amazing well um and but my, my question again what, what's a what's a pug what, what what job does that do? <laughs> Looks good on Instagram for some people. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no. Um, there, there's lots of um, there's lots of debate and concern around dogs like pugs at the moment because a lot of these little breeds are being used because they've become so popular on social media. There's a huge concern that because people are well, first of all, the pro- so like when we bought Artie back in. We, we got him from a breeder back in 2015 and we paid um, 450 pounds for him so he's so he came from a he came from a family where they've had they had two ex working collies that they bred and they bred litters of pups and they sold them to um, you know families farms all that kind of stuff so he's come from a pure line of um, of 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 working dogs he's super clever they don't really have many health issues they're really they you know they're really they work really well with humans a lot of them are still used as working dogs then you've got a pug pugs can sometimes sell for up to like three grand <laughs> and they don't do anything apart from have breathing problems <laughs> literally yeah. that's all they do and that, yeah, that's but... a big concern because 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 they because they're small they can fit in bags and they look kind of funny and cute and stuff those sorts of dogs little pugs and you know stuff that's been crossbred with pugs over the social media kind of storm that's been happening over the last 10 years more and more people have been getting these little dogs that shouldn't they they kind of shouldn't have been bred because they they end up with breathing problems with if you don't feed them properly they have weight problems and it can cause problems in their joints anyway that's a whole different issue but yeah so there, there will have been some reason that a pug exists it will have been used for something at some point along its evolution so just, just to bring us back on to um um how to train your your dragon so there's a symbiotic kind of relationship between 
humans and, and dogs. And I think that's paralleled in the film because you've obviously got two creatures who are kind of a little bit broken or a little bit um, not complete. Um, so you've got Hiccup, who's obviously going through this really kind of awkward stage in his life where he doesn't know who he is. And and essentially him meeting um, Toothless is, is the, the point where he, he becomes useful. He, he, he starts to understand um, what his purpose in life is. Um, similarly so um, obviously Toothless has this issue with his tail and Hiccup comes along and um, manufactures um, some kind of wing um, thing so yeah there's there's this nice kind of symbiotic uh, relationship um, that individually they're a little bit flawed and um, not, not fit for a purpose maybe but together they turn into this um like great team yeah and i think what you said there is is there's a really nice little um symmetry by the end of the film because obviously like you said at the start um in being shot down if you like by hiccup initially because he he's at the start of the film he thinks he he wants to try and prove himself to be a viking and that he can kill a dragon and he actually is the first so so in in the film Toothless is what they call a night fury, and the you know, legend has it in the film that no Viking has ever encountered a night fury, never captured one, never killed one. And at the start of the film, when all this chaos is happening, Hiccup, who is um, obviously, as we've said, he's a he's kind of small, he's not very strong, he's not really like a typical Viking, but he's he's really inventive and he works in this little in the little um, like weaponsmith's uh, shop and stuff, and he's created this little um, like catapult thing, and he shoots down the the night fury when he comes across it and he, you can see he's damaged his tail and obviously by the end of the film spoiler alert in the final showdown when hiccup gets injured you realize that at the start of the at the end of the film he's lost a foot so there's this lovely symmetry between the two of them that they're both missing apart but together they kind of complete each other and like i said they make this really great effective little team so yeah i think it, i think it's a really lovely little kind of journey they both go on together they kind of need each other to be at their best yeah, 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 absolutely. Almost makes you want to chop your own foot off. I'm not sure I'll get that far. And also, um, Artie has no flaws, so... Ah, <laughs> uh, true, true. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Where does that leave you? I'm massively flawed. He makes up for all of my flaws, to be fair. So <laughs> He's helping you out. He's making meals. He makes me look cool. Pete, yeah, Pete you know, actually, if I, if I was to go for a walk on my own, no one would talk to me. If I go for a walk with Artie... Every, like loads of people want to stop and say hello because they want to see the dog so you know he makes me cool <laughs> well let's let's get on to that um very very quickly can you give me three reasons why i should get a dog um, oh well see this is um actually you know i can give you i can give you a whole multitude of reasons but you should there should be a more important question is why do you deserve a dog oh so we'll yeah see so we'll come to that later because um so reasons to get a dog first of all amazing companion you've said it you've, we've said it a couple of times before a dog like a dragon in how to train a dragon is the only thing that loves it loves you more than it loves itself so there is fierce loyalty in a dog and like i said you know in the film where toothless will literally protect he stands in front of in front of hiccup to protect him from a dragon from the onrushing vikings and he tries everything he can to protect him that's exactly what a dog will do a dog would stand up to would stand up to anything to defend you there's absolute fierce loyalty there 
So would there's you that. do that for cool. me? Would you would you protect de- me? De- depends on the threat. And also, you know, you you know you know Muay Thai. I'd I'd be useless if anyone's if anyone's I'd sacrifice myself for you. How about that? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'll take it. I'll take it. I love that how you can say that being that far away. Yeah, we're yeah. It's, let's face it. There's there's it's an empty promise. It's exactly, it's empty promise. Anything comes for you, I'm literally on the other side of the world. <laughs> I'll call you in a way. Yeah, see what it. you do. Um, so yeah, the first thing: fierce, absolutely fierce loyalty and great companionship. That's that's quite unique, I think, to a relationship between a human, a, a man and his dog. Um, second thing, um, you know, you know, sometimes like if you've had like a, if you've had a rubbish day, you're feeling a bit crappy, you kind of, and then you think, oh, I just, I just feel really a bit low when you and you just go home and just feel a bit like because you've had a crap day. By the time you come, if you've got a dog, when you come home, it is so happy to see you. Like it's like it, it's it's like it's like it it's like it hasn't seen you for a year. It's so excited to see you. It's all over you, giving you like you know wants to cuddle you and stuff. Wants to get fast and wants to come and show you know. It's it's a it's a, honestly if I if I've been out at work or something or you've been out and you've had a bit you're just feeling a bit crappy. You come home within five seconds, it's all forgotten because the dog's there. He's excited to see you. His tail's wagging. He wants to play with you. Oh, it's amazing. Love it. Yeah, Artie's amazing, isn't he? Like in the morning. I'll come come down there and he'll kind of like give you like a hug of, of sorts. He kind of comes on his back back legs and puts his little stick um, arms out like he wants to hug you. I, his little, so his little stick his little stick arms. <laughs> I have like little sticks though. Yeah. No, um, well, a lot of people say when he does that, he looks like a bear because he kind of sits. He yeah, kind of sits up on he his, does, yeah. Hey? Yeah. He, he gives yeah. good hugs. Um, so those, those, are, those are kind of like two, but you know, there's, there's um uh to be to be fair puppies is the third reason all puppies are awesome <laughs> puppies are great everyone loves puppies yeah there, right? was, there was another quote it was something like um if, if you want to know um what pure happiness is puppies <laughs> yes <laughs> I, I i wholeheartedly agree with that yeah so but like i said more importantly why do you deserve a dog because honestly the 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 way that the fact that a dog will love you more than itself, and this is what makes me so sad, right? It's it's horrific when you read all these horrible stories about about animal any animal abuse, but literally dogs. You could not that I would, I I would hope no one ever does this, but I know people do. It's horrible. But if if you had a dog, if you were to shout at it or hit it, if you then show it love, it it forgets everything and it comes straight back to you. And I think that's why I think you know you know like um. People are kind of interviewed for jobs to see if they're suitable for the job. If 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 a, if a couple wants to adopt a child, they, there's a very lengthy process to go through to see if they are kind of uh, fit for fit for care, fit for fit for the care of a child. I honestly think there should be laws that people should go through to decide whether they're fit to keep a dog, to keep an animal, any animal, whether it be a cat, a rabbit, a dog, a horse, because I think they give so much affection, so much love that we should be we, we have to prove ourselves worthy of that mm. it's it's a good good point um and i and i think there's and again i think that comes through in the film again so you know at the start of the film the um the vikings stoic so that's hiccup's father the lead, the leader of the village he's all like you know wants to kill dragons wants to you know kind of find the nest kill them all send them away you know that's why the dragons defend themselves against him but actually by the end of the film he's realized just 
what what the dragon can be to Hiccup and the fact that at the end of the film it's protected him, it's saved his life and he kind of apologises and he, I suppose he's had to prove himself worthy that, that Toothless accepts him. So, you know, there's, a, there's, a, there's another interesting parallel there that you kind of have to earn, you have to earn that affection and earn that love. Yeah, absolutely. So um, the, the last thing, because um, we'll, we'll, we'll just have this last, last question and then we'll go into um, just some of the other themes that um, that I pulled out of the movie, and then we'll wrap it up and talk about what we're going to be discussing in the next episode. So, um, just quickly, best dogs in movies, go. Do you mean best dogs in movies or best dogs about movies? Sorry, best movies best about dogs. Dog, <laughs> best dogs in movies. Oh, that's quite a tough question, you know. Um, mm. So, I haven't seen it for a long time, but I should love Turner and Hooch. Yep, yep. That's a good one. Um, obviously, you've got you've got to say you know Beethoven. Beethoven, Beethoven was huge um, back in the day. Like yeah, it wasn't like it? a really big deal, but no one talks about it anymore. No, there were there was, there was what there was two or three of those films, wasn't there? And they were like yeah, I, I can't. I've seen the first. I thought one it was going to be like. Times. I thought it was going to be like the Fast and the Furious franchise. <laughs> <laughs> the Fast and Furious Beethoven franchise is, 17. Yeah, the Fast and Furious franchise is, is what we all hoped Beethoven would become. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And um, uh, the third one, I suppose the third one, um, do you remember a film called Homeward Bound, The Incredible Journey? Yes. Oh, so I love that. Shadow. So, yeah. Oh, Shadow. Well, so that was, that was, there was, there was two dogs and a cat, wasn't there? And yeah, ah, yeah, Shadow, Shadow was a legend, but I also like Chance the boxer as well. He was because I love boxer dogs; they're awesome. They're so much fun. So those, so so Chance and Chance and Shadow as well would be in there for me. I I love that film. I haven't seen it for probably twenty five years, but I remember I, I had it on video when I was a kid, and I watched it all the time. I loved it. Um, just to throw some back back at you, um, Doug in Up. You know the the, the dog in Up. That has like a voice um, thing attached to it. Yes, I, I I agree. He is a bit of a legend. Great choice. Um, Lassie, obviously. Obviously. Um, um, Slinky in, in uh, Toy Story. Oh, great shout! I love Slink. He's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> um, John John Wick's dog. I mean, he's not technically in it <laughs> for so long, um, but it's a great film, um, and he kind of starts the film off in, in a way. It is- and I have to say, if if anyone hurt Artie, I would go full John Wick. I'd literally kill everyone. I, I I'd literally kill would. everyone involved. I, I wouldn't. I'd get killed. I'd get killed the first chance. This first time of trouble. But and also, don't forget, he has. Um, he actually, you know, at the end of the film, he goes and picks another dog from the res- from the rescue centre, and then that dog stays with him through the second and third films. And that dog's pretty awesome. Yeah, true. and I love the fact he didn't give it a name; he just calls it Dog. Ah, oh, yeah, oh, and um. Uh, Will Smith, um, what's that film where it reads in this post-apocalyptic? I Am Legend. Um, I Am Legend. Samantha, the Samantha. The, 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 yeah. so cool. Yeah, and see, you I really know, liked a, I Am Legend. Uh, do you know what? I am um, on a little sidetrack. I hadn't watched it for a long time. And I remember thinking, I remember thinking I didn't like it that much, but I watched it quite recently. So recently me and me and Beck watched a few zombie films just because they appeared on like the streaming services. And we watched I Am Legend. And I actually, I remember, I, I liked it more than I thought I did. And yeah, and that's another great example. See, Sam, the German shepherd, she literally lays down her life to protect him. And that, that scene is, is horrifically heartbreaking. 
That's the. What? Do you know what? Actually, the film gets significantly worse. It takes a downward turn and gets worse from the point where Samantha is uh, is no longer with us. Just a moment, silence. Yeah. Before Samantha. Um. So um. <laughs> silence over. Um. So so yeah. <laughs> Just, just just as a bit of a retort, um, you know, obviously this was a bit of fun um, talking about dogs, and I, I think surprisingly we we talked a lot about dogs in, in I, relation I, to this film. I, I could talk for days about dogs, Hewson. I love them, but no, I, no yeah, it's just it's just a bit of fun. It's a bit lighthearted, and, and it was just really it was an excuse for me to talk about How to Train Your Dragon because I think I love it, and I think if I if it's a film I could recommend people to watch, I couldn't recommend it any any more strongly i think it's i think everyone should see it i think it's a wonderful little film so just an excuse me to talk about that really <laughs> um so um just just uh my my a few points on on the film from my perspective so i think the the central fee- theme for me is kind of acceptance um so the movie for me is about acceptance of your true true nature that there's many ways to skin a cat just because your parents did things one way doesn't mean you can't still honor them love them but also allow yourself to be yourself and this is obviously with um hiccup he's he's going through a bit of an identity crisis um he's living in this um, very masculine um, environment a bunch of vikings rocking around you know he can't even swing an axe and he's he's trying to figure out exactly who he is as a young man and how he he fits into the world. And um, I think Gobbler, what a great character name, by the way. <laughs> um, and also, what he's a, he's a pretty good character. He has there's quite a few laughs in the film, thanks to him. Yeah, he's a good, he's yeah, a good addition. He, he's he's really good, isn't he? Um, and he he sums it up quite um, perfectly when he says, "Look, the point is." Stop trying so hard to be something you're not, and and, and that's really really the, the the central thing of the movie for me is is him trying to be himself. Like and, and there's lots to love about Hiccup. There's lots of of things because you mentioned it before. There's this dynamic with his father. His father is the opposite to to Hiccup. I mean, just his name. His name's Stoic. You know, <laughs> what's more, what's Stoic the Vast? In fact. Um, and you know, Stoic says, "Listen, you, you know, know what he's like. From the time he could crawl, he's been different. <sighs> he doesn't listen. He has the attention span of a sparrow. I take him fishing, and he goes hunting for for trolls. Trolls exist. They steal your socks. You know, he's a bit of a dreamer. He's he's an intelligent boy. Hiccup. Um, he's he's got empathy for other people." You know, he's got a lot of great qualities to him. And really, these are the qualities that end up saving his whole community. And these are the qualities that his father learns to understand in him and learns to love about him to the point where he says that, you know, he's really proud of him. Um, and yes, yeah, so so just a little note on, on that. I thought it was a nice... Um, there's, there's probably two or three different things, um, threads that are running through this movie, but that was one of the things that I really liked about the movie, this idea of acceptance and fitting in in, the, yeah. in this crazy world. 
I think you're spot on. And that's, that's again, that's another really great message to take out of the film um, because you're right. It is, it is, it is just about hiccup accepting who he is and then everyone else kind of realizing that that's the best thing about him. Um, like there's, there's a couple of little lines where um, uh, I think it's earlier on in the film. Um, Gobbler says, you just need to le- need to be a little less of this. And Hiccup says, you just gestured to all of me. <laughs> and then <laughs> at the end of the film, that comes full circle. And Stoic, his father, says, we do, I think all we, needed to, all we needed to learn is that we all need to be a little more of this. And he says, you just gestured to all of me. And it's a great little full circle he comes. So you're right. It, yeah. and that, that's another reason why this film is so great because that's such a good message to send to kids isn't it or anyone not kid not even kids anyone who feels insecure or anyone who has any anxieties about themselves it's a really great message and it's a really great demonstration or or sort of suppose iteration of the message that you should be who you are because who you are is important and valuable and i think this is a really like you said he he's literally like the one viking who is not a viking but he, but that that turns out, like you said, that turns out to be the savior of the whole village, and I think it's a great message. So I completely agree that spot on is the fact that it's about acceptance of who you are and who you can be. I think like I have a little bit of that in myself. I remember my dad sitting me down, and remember the moment we were on Morecambe Promenade. I think we just had um, fish and chips, and uh, he was asking me what my plans were in my life. And I said I was going to go to university, probably, um, and study something. And he was like, no, nah, you don't want to do that. You want to um, get a trade. Trade law will see, see you through. And this is obviously something that he's done, he did. And it's something his father had done and his father before him. So there was obviously like a lineage there. And I can see his point, his his love for me was him trying to protect me from the world in the way that he knew, in the same way that Storic, he was trying to protect Hiccup. He was so scared of him getting killed or you know something terrible happening to him. It wasn't that Storic didn't love him. It was just he was trying to help him in the only way that he knew. Um, so, so yeah, it rings quite true to me. And, you know... Hopefully, in some ways, my father is um, proud of me too. I don't have a flying dragon, but uh, <laughs> what do I have? <laughs> you, you have you have loads, Andrew. You have all sorts. Um, but no, I think that's um, and again, that, that I said it at the start. That's that's a really great um, aspect to the film as well. The, the father son relationship, because um, I think you know, like you know, I didn't I didn't really have a, a father growing up as such because he left when I was when I was like three years old he left and we did we saw him for another couple of years and I haven't seen him since but um but so so my um kind of upbringing was a bit more and this is um again there's another interesting parallel here with actually the second How to Train Your Dragon film which we won't talk about but that's um spoiler alert Hiccup's mother is in that film and then I'm really interested to see because there's two two more is there yeah have you not seen them no, I'm I'm interested to see them now because obviously I watched this one and um, you know it it is a good film. It's a, like a solid film, so I'm interested to see the progression of Hiccup and um, follow his story. Oh well, see, so in that case, I won't say anything more um, because obviously the um, in this film his mother isn't there, and it's not fully explained as to why. 
and yeah don't you... say anything more because like it's <laughs> it's like um spoiler alert we're, we're gonna spoil all films <laughs> in this one episode <laughs> well no so in in the in the future films in the second and third films you will learn a bit more about hiccup is why the way he is so that's all i'll say but there's um so yeah my my um and my kind of upbringing in upbringing was was you know i was raised by my mum on her own but and she was a bit more a case of like she was a bit more was a bit more a case of like do what makes you happy um which was always great for me um but at the same time um it didn't kind of give me a, a push in any specific direction and i was always grateful for that growing up because it was kind of like I, you know whatever i was interested in you know it was a case of well yeah it's very supportive and go and kind of explore that and, and see if it's the right thing for you but yeah i won't say anything more but you should watch the second and third films because actually um i think you can make an argument that the second and third films are as good if not better than the first one. Ooh, okay. um and and we'll come on to why in a second more about that the actual film the more about the kind of the uh not really about the story and stuff but because um but for me like i said for me it's about that the the first film is where the bond between hiccup and toothless starts that's where you that's where this whole journey begins and i don't get me wrong i love the second and third films just you know almost as much as i love the first one for me they are probably nine ten out of ten all of them really um I, I think they're I think they're brilliant and they're wonderfully animated as well. I think because I remember when we had a conversation the other day, you said um, you didn't think the animation held up that well, and that could be just because you were watching <coughs> Shakara, a downloaded version. Um, but for me, <laughs> uh, watching them watching them on Blu-ray, they it absolutely we can edit up. that out. We can edit that out. But the second and third films, the animation really really takes on another step, and they look incredible. So if you do watch the second and third, I'd recommend you watch them on the best screen you can in the best definition you can because they are they look amazing. But then um, the you know one of the reasons um, that the first one is so good again to talk a bit more about the film i think the action sequences are brilliant there's the there's the really great kind of final final showdown at the end which i think the 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 um the actual animation of what happens the way it, the way it, the way it all plays out is really really good it looks absolutely spectacular but there's a really cool um scene a bit earlier on in the film as well and this is I'll you have to give a huge shout out to John Powell for the score because the score for these movies is absolutely stunning and it's when Hiccup and um Toothless go for their first flight and I'll just play a little clip here because you won't hear much other than the music but it is so so good Um, and so actually that scene we've just heard, um, the actual, the, the visually, how that looks when it's the kind of, he's flying through the sky, swooping down to the rocks. It's so, so well put together. And I think the direction on this film is incredible. And actually that I think personally, I think it also improves as the films progress. Some of the action sequences in the second and third ones are absolutely amazing. So I can't, you, you have to go and watch the second and third ones at some point. They're so, so good. 
I think the, yeah, the the flying sequences were were great. I th- I think um, blocking a- action sequences is incredibly difficult to do, and maybe it's easier to do when you're doing an animation. I don't know, but in saying that, Transformers is awful. <laughs> um and 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 the reason why it's awful is because too many things are going on and 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 to that end any kind of like battle sequence is really difficult to do because you you've got multiple stories generally within um a battle sequence um different characters doing different things you've got to tell those stories but not confuse the audience too much but keep a pace to it that feels like a lot is going on. It's really difficult to do, and um, yeah, they do it really well there. The Aquans, just in general, the f- flying sequences are great as well. Like they they really give you the sense of of flying and like freedom. Um, and yeah, you do come away kind of wanting a dragon at the end of the day. Yeah, I, I think I, that's fair. I think everyone who walks out of that thinks, "God, oh, I'd love to have a dragon and just fly around." But no, I think you're right about the action sequences because what I think is um, you make an interesting point that. I, I, it's really interesting to it would be so cool to understand how, like to see how it works a director or and you know who are, everyone involved or the stunt coordinators or that or the visual effects people putting together an action sequence for a live action film versus an animated because you would think on one hand with an animated film you can do anything and you can kind of you can show anything you can be anywhere you can do it the characters can do anything but on the other hand sometimes those restrictions can be good and it can force you to be more creative whereas if you've got a live action sequence now i know that i suppose technically we would call and i'll use them because i've watched all of them recently if you take the marvel films for example you'd call those live action but probably 90 percent of what you see is cgi but let's take something like that but you still have an actual space to work in people and things and props around that you have to work around and so Yeah, I think on one hand, animation allows you to do anything, but at the same time, not having those restrictions can probably let you go a bit mental. Because one thing I think you mentioned earlier, or just now, which is a really good point, is that in the action sequences for this, for How to Train Your Dragon, let's take the finale, for example, there's this really great um, kind of cause and effect um, loop where everything that happens, you can see why it happened. And that's what makes a kind of action sequence for me work really well. Is if you can see if there's stuff happening all over the place, as long as you can see why those things happened and how the characters and action got to where it got to. And so that it makes logical sense and you can follow it. That works really well because you can stay with it. Whereas like you said, Transformers, there's just so much crap and nonsense going on. You you don't know where to look. It's a complete sensory overload and you kind of lose what happens because it's just this massive noises and sounds and explosions and you know cgi all over the place whereas actually what the directors of this which are dean dean dubois and chris sander and i think they directed the the second one and dean dubois did the third one on his own i think what they do is despite the fact they can do anything they make it really easy to follow because they show you like you they, they show you the geography of where you are what's going to happen where the action is going to take place and you can follow the sequence through really clearly and I think that's a that's a sign of a really, really good action director. So I wouldn't be surprised if these guys go on to do live action stuff and it works really well. 
another act, another director that's gone on to do live action was was Brad Bird, who did The Incredibles, a great Pixar movie, really good action movie, a really fun adventure. He went on to do Ghost Protocol, which is one of the Mission Impossible films, and the action in that is absolutely fantastic. And I think the Mission films have become like the standard of where action cinema should go. And you can see why he did such a great job on Ghost Protocol because the because The Incredibles is is so well directed and so so brilliantly put together. So yeah. I think these guys, I, I wouldn't be at all surprised if these guys went on to do some really good work in live action pictures as well. Like, by by, by the looks of things, they're just doing how to train your dragon stuff. They're, they're fine. They've made their money. Well, They've made their money, Nick. Although they have, I think Dean Dubois said the third one is definitely the, the last one. They're not going to do a fourth one, which I'm I'm quite happy with. I think the whole trilogy works well as a, as a nice, as a nice, you know, as a trilogy as it is, it, it works really well. Nice. Um. So I think, at that point, we probably should um, wrap this up because we've been talking about dogs and uh, dragons for quite a long time. Um, and we should probably introduce the, the next episode um, to the podcast, which is My Choice. And it's a film that you haven't actually seen. So this is this is going to be good. You're going to be watching this for the first time and you're going to come in with fresh eyes. Um, it's a film that, I really hype and I, I don't like hyping films because obviously expectations um, are quite high. You go into that and you'll be disappointed. But go in there with a, an open eye. So the film is Call Me By Your Name. And we're going to be talking about how it teaches you to accept all parts of love. And you you said to me, what does this mean? <laughs> and um, watch it. And I think at the end, you'll understand what I mean. And um, hopefully you'll come back with um, some interesting lessons that, that you've learned yourself from this film. So it's, it's going to be um, really interesting because this is the first time we haven't watched, and one of us hasn't watched one of, the, one of these films. And um, I think it's going to be a great discussion. Yeah, this, this, is, um, this is a good choice. I, this has been on my to-watch list for quite a long time now. Uh, I've only heard good things, so I'm quite. I'm looking forward to watching it. Um, I've pretty much steered clear of all like trailers and stuff. I think broadly I know what it's about, but I don't know anything, any details about the film. So yeah, it'd be really interesting to come at it with that in mind and and see um, see how I how I read the film. So I'm looking forward to that, and that should be a good a good watch and uh, hopefully a good discussion afterwards. So um, I, I guess um, that the only thing it leaves us to do is um, just. Uh, to plead to our listeners to give this like a, a good review on whatever platform you're, you're listening to it on it's, it's, yeah and um yeah follow us on instagram then um, subscribe to subscribe to the podcast as well for more episodes yeah or, or that that oh, you're doing this perfectly <laughs> <I'm not>. uh, <laughs> and uh yeah um really looking forward to discussing the next film with you Nick yeah good times and again as always thanks for joining us and we will see you next time bye 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 bye